Welcome back. This is Richard Sachs. This is Lost Arts Radio. And we have a good friend of ours back as a guest tonight, which I've been waiting for, Patrick Wood, who I read a couple of great books by him, Technocracy and The Hard Road to World Order, and the predecessor to that, Technocracy Rising. And he's done a lot of great work, and we'll probably touch on some of it, but what we really want to focus on now is his current project, and that is Citizens for Free Speech, the site that you should read thoroughly is citizens for free speech spelled out dot org. And there's a great um, introductory video that I encourage you to watch. It's like eight minutes or something on the homepage. And we'll paraphrase it now as an introduction. And then we're going to frame this in terms of uh, what's happening now, because there's some things you need to be aware of and respond to. So welcome, Patrick. Thanks for being here. What's Citizens for Free Speech? We want to include people here who know nothing about what you're doing yet. Yes. Not just yeah. the people who say, you know, just get up to speed or something. We want to include everybody. So right. what is Citizens for Free Speech and what led you up to creating that and what's it for? Right, right. Let me, I'll, I'll take a second part first. Um, I started in 2018. Um, <clears throat> leading up to it in 2017, I, of course, had been... Uh, very familiar personally with mm. shadow banning right. and sometimes with people getting banned on social media platforms, especially. And back then it was a lot of people noticed it, but it wasn't really a plague. Yeah. In late 2017, I began to see collusion between Facebook and Twitter and Google. And what they were doing was a person would disappear one day from Facebook. Next day he'd disappear from uh, you know, from Google or from right. uh, Twitter. And it was obvious after I saw this, this I started watching it. That's really strange. And it, it clicked on me all of a sudden that there's some collusion going on between them. Right. And there was coordinated canceling of people that had a voice that had something they wanted to say. And they, their, their message contradicted the globalist narrative. And they were ganging up on people to cancel them. Now, today, we know, I mean, the evidence is everywhere. Everybody pretty much knows it today. Right. I, so I want to make sure really people understand what you mean by cancel culture, because a friend of mine had recently posted a video that everybody turning off a certain person they didn't want to hear was cancel culture, and it's not. It's where they don't get a platform, right? And then you can That's decide. Right. That's right. And so, in any case, it alarmed me enough at that point, since I, probably about a year earlier, I should say, 
I had officially in writing on technocracy news and trends declared war on technocracy. I figured, hey, <laughs> they declared war on us. I'm going to declare war on them. Yeah. Uh, what did that mean? I don't know. But when I, when I came to realize what was going on with free speech and the attack on the First Amendment, it sent alarm bells up and down the frame of my body like I've never had before. It's like, holy mackerel. We got to do something about this. Now I'll tell you why we need to do something about it. <laughs> the First Amendment is um, was made to protect our rights to communicate. Period. Right. Everything in the Constitution has to do beyond that is has to do with being able to communicate with people. And so if you look at the five points of the First Amendment, you see every one of them has to do with communication in one way or another. For instance, the, the, the freedom of religion, the right to, ex- to express yourself in religion, that's right. communication with God. Uh, free speech between you and I, that's uh, uh, horizontal free speech, right? Yeah. Then you have the right to uh, the freedom of the press to, to write and communicate in other ways other than speaking face-to-face. Then you have um, the right to peaceably assemble. Well, mm-hmm. what do you do when you assemble? You communicate. That's why, right. you, right. why you get together. And then lastly and importantly, the right to redress government for grievances. And, uh, you know, this is uh, the whole part of the representative government uh, concept where the people get to interact with the civic authorities to, you know, to uh, take care of things that are wrong and that they, they want to have redressed. And so it's all about communication. The framers knew that. I studied this enough what the framers intended when they created the, the Bill of Rights. The idea for the First Amendment was not to create some kind of a legal barrier or, or some legal responsibility for the government. But it basically was set there as the First Amendment to protect what they believed were God-given rights, uh, unaidable rights, in other words, that were given by the creator, uh, not by man, and therefore couldn't be taken away by man. So they start out the First Amendment by saying, Congress should make no law. Period. And then it goes on with all the points and stuff. Congress shall make no law. In other words... Excuse my vernacular here, but keep your filthy, stinking, rotty hands off of our ability to communicate. Right, <laughs> right, right. Like Congress, stay away from this. Don't mess with it. Well, they are messing with it today, unfortunately. But that's the that's the essence of the First Amendment. And every every revolution in modern history, Richard, has been preceded by a takeover of the media. Yeah. They have always done it. And I don't care who's rebelling. It could be fascism. It could be communism. It could be anything. Anyism, pick anyism you want. First thing they do is they take over the media, newspapers, radio, TV. In some cases, they drug them out the street and shot them, and they put brand new people in that would take their propaganda and spread their propaganda to the, to the people. Right. Um, then come the guns then comes the invasion the main body right to come in and conquer the country mm-hmm. we saw it in the Bolshevik revolution we saw it in the chinese revolution we saw it in vietnam we saw it in mozambique we saw it in rhodesia uh, just on and on and on all over yeah. the world it's always the same thing right that's what i perceived was happening in america and if it wasn't clear in 2018 it became crystal clear in January of 2020, when COVID started to roll out, all of the things aside, there was a massive attack on every element of the First Amendment. Mm-hmm. Everyone, 
not just one, not just free speech, not just freedom of the press, every right. single one. Churches were shut down, yeah. told how to worship. You can't have too many people on the stage, you know, with oh. musical instruments. You got to, you know, pipe them in from home or something, they said. Right. No more than 25 people. Uh, some, in some cases, you just can't meet. Just shut your doors, lock your doors and forget it. Can't meet. Well, the music uh, was an important thing, too. Concerts were shut down. Yes. And remember, yes. During, during the Vietnam War, a lot of the protest was concerts. Yes. So, you know, then you have face muscles all of a sudden. Everybody's yeah. wearing a face muscle. You right. can't speak. You can't communicate with Facebook. I argue with, argue with people on this. I don't know how stupid people can be to realize that you're, you need your full face to communicate properly with people. Right. 40% of the population is hearing impaired. They don't read lips, per se, but 40% of the population, if they don't see your lips, cannot confirm the words that you're speaking to make yeah. their mind work. Yeah. <laughs> this is crazy. <clears throat> well, I'm not, I won't go on at that. It, it was a huge attack on the First Amendment, every single element of it. And so Citizens for Free Speech is a nonprofit organization sought to defend and support free speech in the First Amendment in America. And this is an existential issue. Uh, I know people have a lot of good issues they're dealing with. They're really important issues. People protesting, you name it, the election fraud. Yeah. They're protesting 5G. Now 6G is coming, right? Right. There's people protesting smart cities, smart growth property rights i mean all mm -hmm. kinds of stuff it's all legitimate stuff great stuff yeah, yeah. gun rights right gun confiscation right. issues um all of these issues are good and some people think well you're just one voice amongst many you know that uh, you know you're trying to compete with all these other people i'll tell you what that's bull if we lose the ability to communicate Every single one of those other issues-oriented organizations are dead, yeah. on the spot, dead. When you they say existential, you mean life or death, basically, right? Well, it, for, for their organizations and for their voice, if they lose their voice, who are they going to talk to, Richard? Right. Who are they going to communicate with? They're going to go out and stand on a street corner, like kind of like they did in the 1850s, I guess, and you know, stand up on a soapbox. That's about all they're going to get. You can tell that the rulers agree with you because we've got an ability to look into the potential future by looking at Australia, New Zealand, for example, and they're making proclamations that you should not talk to your neighbor or look at your neighbor or look at nature or go outside your house unless it's an emergency that you can document. Or. Yes. So they agree with you that free speech is paramount. Yep. It's just, we're in an amazing situation right now. I'll tell you, and you know, we, we had at the beginning of COVID, I think we were up to somewhere around five or 6,000 members and, you know, we were doing okay. It was, uh, uh -huh. I wouldn't call it a hobby, or, hobby organization, but we're all volunteers. We didn't right. have any base staff. Right. Um, but when COVID hit, it went, it went nuts. Every, a lot of people saw immediately that it was an attack on free speech and that we're, okay. and how important it is to be able to communicate. And our membership has grown now up to over 34,000 or almost to 35,000. Okay, excellent. So we've become, we have become a national force now. 
Right. And <clears throat> I'm, I'm sorry we don't have 300,000 members right now. Yeah, that should be the next step. That should be the next goal. <laughs> right. Is to, you know, ramp it up by another factor of 10. But we're, we're on a roll. I, I, know, I know that I know that I know this is the right thing at this point. How do people join so that you can get the 300,000? Well, all they need to go is scroll to the website, citizensforfreespeech.org, and you'll look at the home page and put their name and address in. Okay. And, uh, okay. you know, we'll, we'll wrap them in. Getting just, let me, but let me back up. Just getting on the list, so to speak, you know, kind of just becoming a member. Right. It's only the first step. That's not the only step. It's the okay. first step to get involved with us. And we realize people need to sniff around a little bit, you know, read some of our stuff and see what we're all about before yeah. they dive in completely. But we have a volunteer program now that, uh, and we, it's a vol- strictly voluntary. We're not putting any bite on anybody to, you know, do certain things, but right. it's a, as much as you can consume. We now have over 3,400 volunteers who have said so. They, we, they want to be active. They want to volunteer. They want to take action in the local community, and they're willing to receive instruction from us on how to do that. So what do they do? I mean, up to now, what's been the assignment? Well, we view these people that come to us, whether they be just general members or volunteers, they come with their own issues. We don't teach them the issues. That's I'm, I'm just not going to do that. That's, and there's so much other stuff to do that, right? Okay. That's all over the internet. If you don't know well, what your issue, if you don't have an issue, go find one. You, you because will. you consider all the issues subunits of free speech issue. Right? That's right. Okay. We, what we want to do is train people how to communicate and then give them the tools of communication mm-hmm. so that they can stand up in their local community and face civic authorities, face neighborhood groups, mm-hmm. face even family members that have been ripped away because of COVID. I hear that as I hear nightmare stories every single day. Right. On that, on family, even even down with personal family. But we have one of the best training programs, I believe, for interpersonal communication, and especially in the civic arena, of anywhere in the country. It's called Citizen Ninja Stand Up to Power. And it's uh, our training is led by our national training director, Mary Baker, who has written a book by the same title, mm-hmm. uh, Citizen Ninja Stand Up to Power. She's a master communicator teacher. She's validated her instruction by uh, training well over a thousand people now, up and all up and down the West Coast, especially. So and these training, cl- training works. Classes, workshops. How, what's the structure of the training? We have done live training, and we want to do live training in the future as well. We're we're working through a train the trainer program right now, so that people within a state can go out and start, you know, getting forty and fifty people together at a time and, and right. doing training. Right. But uh, right now, we've just launched, uh, and I, this is another piece of the puzzle, we've, we wanted to give people tools to communicate that were out of the mainstream media, the, the hate their guts and the want you know, try to yeah. shoot them every time they turn around. Right. Um, we created a social media network of our own, private. I stress private, by invitation only. No, right. People can't go, go there and join. But it's only for... Citizens for Free Speech volunteers, 
And it is a social network comparable to, you know, a Facebook or whatever that has Mm -hmm. an activity feed and groups and, um, you know, other uh, event features, stuff like that. And um, we're using that as a platform to host our e-learning center, which is where we deliver the on-demand version of Citizen Ninja Training now. Does that make sense? Yeah. Who does the inviting to the platform? Well, people can get invited by by directing inquiry to us, uh, you know, directly. Uh-huh. But if anybody becomes a volunteer, they're offered uh, access immediately to uh, local to the local activist website. Uh-huh. And um, <clears throat> we also have built in a feature to the to the the site itself um, that existing members that are in. Mm-hmm. also have the ability to send out invitations to people they know and they can vouch for. Okay. Our intent is <clears throat> um, not just to spray it out to everybody you know. We're, we're not Facebook. We don't want anything to do with that kind of traffic. You're, uh, tra- you're trying to avoid infiltration, right? Well, we're trying to. That's one thing. But okay. we, we want to get down to business. We don't want to. We, we we totally discourage videos of kitties and ducks walking across the street, okay? <laughs> so so what's going on on the, on the platform? People are talking about the issues, how they're approaching them in their community, their success stories, their problems. Uh, there's mentoring going on all the time. Mm-hmm. People can start a group around a specific issue and invite their friends to come in and join that group. But because we're encrypted, number one, and because we're a closed group, number two, number three, we own the software ourselves, that is CFFS does. Good. And number four, we host it on a private server that we exclusively control. Okay. And we're, so there's no data mining. There's no, you know, no outside influences, whatever. And we insist right. on no anonymity. So people have to put in a real picture of themselves. Oh, we good. will not, you know, you can't good. put in a, you know, a, I don't know, a chess man, you know, a chess yeah. or something. Right, <laughs> right, figure. right. Has to be you. You have to be verified and knowable by people. And um, we're not, we're never, I don't tend that we're ever going to be a big social network. I'm not, I'm not even telling you this for that reason. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you, we're down to the business of kicking butt, period. And how long has this been up and running? Actually, I started the first iteration in 2018, and okay. uh, we just redid it completely now t- so that we can incorporate, uh, re- actually rebuild it from the ground up so that we can incorporate our e-learning platform into it. <clears throat> so people can come in and take the training. It's a series of eight, uh, uh, eight sessions right now. They can take the training. They can take the quiz at the end of it, and if they pass, they'll actually get a certificate that says they passed the Citizen Ninja training class. And we have additional classes we're creating now, too. We're just starting one in another, I think, in another week that will deal with this, like, um, it's like Citizen Ninja 201 now. Okay, okay. The next, the next and, uh, level. And this is all by uh, Mary, Mary be Baker's on, doing this. Right. This is going to be on team building how to build a team in your local community to get something done. Okay. And it's a very important part of our training. Don't ever be a lone wolf. Don't yeah. never get anywhere. Too easy to pick you off. You need more resources than one person. 
You know, nobody is a Spider-Man, right? <laughs> or, or, or Superman. Except the real Superman, and it's hard to... I don't That's have right. Do <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. No Iron Man around here, right? I know. They're never there when they're needed, so we have to do it. So yeah. what kinds of stuff have they done so far? Out, well, out in their physical I'll give you a great world. example. Right here from Arizona. I'm so proud of these guys down in Tucson. Um, yeah. The... The Maricopa, or excuse me, the Pima County supervisors and all of their liberal wisdom, yeah, decided that they were going to make uh, vaccines mandatory for all health workers that are registered right. with the state. Uh, that's an odd thing. County man, you know, looks at the state registry and says anybody in that registry, you have to be vaccinated in uh, Pima County. Well, well, and, they, and mean, they know anybody in certain professions is on the registry. They have to be. Well, there's, of course, there's doctors, there's chiropractors, there's dentists, there's mm-hmm. um, massage therapists. Uh, right, right. You've got, you've got, you know, any, any, uh, you know, all the uh, physical therapists. Uh, you, you've got um, EMTs. You name it. I mean, you can think of a lot of different professions that have to register with the state. Right. Well, this was uh, what happened here is one of uh, an activist there who never thought she would have to deal with this. Her husband happens to be a chiropractor. Wow. Okay. <laughs> he says, I'm not taking the vaccine. I'd, I'm absolutely opposed to it. I don't want to do it. And I'm not saying, you know, if somebody wants to take a vaccine, I won't stop them. Don't get me wrong. I'm not just saying this to, you know, bad bash sure. vaccines per se, but it should be a personal choice. Definitely right. should be a personal choice. And this guy said, I don't want a vaccine. I'm not taking a vaccine. So they were like really freaked, you know, because here it's coming for them now. It's getting personal. <laughs> if, if they pass this resolution, he would either, have, his choice would be go out of business and do something else mm-hmm. or leave the county, sell his home and go to another county. So what they do is revoke the county business license. I guess. That's right. Dirty pool, isn't it? Dirty pool. And that, and that includes the cities within the county. Yes. Okay. That's right. Every, and there's several down there. It's part of the beauty of the license scam, right? Because it appears yes. that licenses give you extra privileges. Yes. <laughs> and it's just the opposite. In this case, just the opposite. Well, these these people rallied together. They got wind of this that was going on. Mm. You know, a few weeks ago when they first started discussing it at the county uh-huh. level, <clears throat> and um, uh, they they mounted a campaign to uh, to have people give their three minute statements in opposition to it at mm-hmm. the Zoom. They had a Zoom meeting. Okay, nobody met in person. You They're have to close. wear a mask at the Zoom meeting. I probably so. Mm-hmm. I know they. Yeah, but um, they they had a lot of people come make comments. A lot of uh, statements were submitted to the record. Um, and then after a couple of weeks went by, uh, they was coming down to the point where they could have voted on it this last Tuesday. Hmm. And they held another rally down at the in downtown uh, Tucson, uh, where the county, I guess, where the county is located. And they held a, a rally there. A lot of people uh, showed up. Uh, they registered their protest. Um, they uh, spoke out a bit to to the audience and also tried to speak out to people in the you know in the, the process of, um, of voting. In any case, bottom line, the county tabled the resolution. They pulled it completely off the record. It's off the agenda. 
Um, <clears throat> that's not a permanent victory, by the way. Right. I was going to ask you if it means they can put it back. That Well, they can't put it back at the same level. They have mm. to start. If They would have to start over from scratch. Right. Go back through committees and stuff. like. Yes. That. They'd have to go all the way back to the first introduction and committees and then public, you know, public notices and okay. then public meetings and, okay, you know, the good. whole thing would have good. to be good. next time. They would really get it if they would ever dare do that again. Right. This is an example of what citizens can do in their local community. And our trainer, Mary Baker, says very succinctly, if you don't have a seat at the table, you are what's for dinner. Yeah, good point. That's it. That's the bottom line. If you don't know what's going on and aren't willing to get, you know, step up to the table and make yourself heard, you're on the menu and you will get it sooner or later. You think you're safe right now because, well, I'm not a health professional. What do I care? It'll come for you at one point. They're going to come for you. And then you're going to be crying the blues. Oh my goodness. I should have said something when I had a chance. And eventually if society will mature a little bit, you won't have to think that it's only because it could be you. You know, if it's somebody else, they're as important as you. Yes, yeah. And you know, this this chiropractor <clears throat> in particular, I don't think, now I, I've met this person, I don't know him well. Uh-huh. I don't think it was ever in his mind that he was going to be personally impacted by this. There was no sense of, there wasn't really a right. big sense of alarm during the COVID thing. It was inconvenient. Uh-huh. But hey, it's not in my pocket, you know, they're, they're not after me. Right. When this thing, I'll tell you, it's a wake-up call for this guy. When they started talking about this real seriously, and you could see the mean-spirited look on these people's faces, man, you know, we're coming for you, he, he, got, he got the picture real quick. I think Better one st- thing one thing that makes it hard for people to absorb the picture is they don't relate to being mean like that. And and they don't realize, you know, we're we're told that we voted to get the best people into these offices. And except for the fact that it turns out the opposite. And right down to the local level, we've got the worst people in almost every position. And it yes. it really makes you wonder, how did that happen? Are we that dumb that we vote chose the worst people yes. in every election? Yes. Or is there something else going on? No, I think there's in some cases it is human nature to get away with, you know, to do evil if you can get away with it, I guess. You know, it's like when when the darkness is there, people say, hey, nobody's going to see me. I can just do it. But your campaign is a really nice person, though. Well, yeah. So with the higher up in politics you get, the more people you have looking at you. You need to be very careful at the higher level of what you do. Right. Because now you've got a lot of, you know, your enemies have attorneys. They yeah, have yeah, spies, yeah. yeah. You know, they have researchers. Right. And you can't get away with a lot of stuff at the higher level that you can get away with at a local level. At the local level, virtually nobody is watching these people. Right. Once they get elected, they just do what they want to do. So do you think the local cities and counties are coming up with these schemes on their own? Or are they getting controlled by uh, behind-the-scenes groups somewhere? Honestly, we know that they network together 
with other with people in other cities and with their national organizations like there's the national league of cities for instance right. there's right. a national league of counties as well and there's other national groups that are totally woke and they communicate with these cities and counties and they have networking things of their own you know the zoom meetings and the discussion right. words and hey how are you you know what are you doing for this issue that problem and do we know what what group controls those national organizations that's right and, and by the way those like the national league of cities this is an ngo non-governmental organization non-profit organization has nothing to do with government whatsoever nothing they're, except they're that not it controls it. by government and they are not part of any federal government or state government right they're strictly an NGO. Just that it's good to give people an idea where the government's actually coming from, the, the rules. And yes. it's, it's mostly not coming from the people who get in just for the benefits. They're, right. will, they're willing to follow orders. And where the orders are coming from has to do with the organizations like you're talking about. Yes. And sometimes they come with payoffs and grants. Very often. Right. Very often, that that's, that kind of thing is you know that technique has been used for a very long time. In fact, now let's bring it up. <clears throat> you have in Arizona a network, and all across the country, but in Arizona especially, since we live here, you have a uh, a system of councils of governments in Arizona now. Right. We have the Maricopa Association of Governments here. There's a Pima Association of Governments down in Tucson. Every other county, I think maybe save one, has its own councils of governments. And what the what the COG does, I'll I'll just call it COGS from now on. What what a COGS does <clears throat> is it sits between it's a and again it's a, a non it's an NGO, right? It's a quasi governmental organization. Right. But it sits between the Department of Transportation disbursement system of money that should go down to local cities Mm -hmm. just because, like for street maintenance and stuff like that, um, they sit between that. They get in that money flow. They receive the money now, and they turn around and give it out to the cities as they see fit. And the criteria to do that is if you're a good little city and you obey the policies that we put down, like smart right. city technology and yeah, like yeah. zoning laws and, you know, building uh, the building codes and stuff like that. Why, we'll give you your money. Now, if you don't, comes, we're going to withhold the money from you and you won't so get it. So the middleman for the money is this yeah. council of government organizations. Yeah, it's, it's, where did, where did they get the, Where did they get the money? From the Department of Transportation. And how come the Department of Transportation is giving anything to an NGO? Because it's a total scam. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that might be the reason. (laughs) It's just a total scam. Absolutely a total scam. It's (laughs) it's also illegal besides being a scam, right? It is totally, in my opinion, it is totally illegal, but you can't get anybody to challenge it. What they do to, to give it a sense of authority Mm-hmm. Some they declared that there's going to be a cock in an area. This is how when they originally came out. We're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna create this this organization, and then they say we're going to invite uh, every city council within that area to send a representative to elect somebody out of their board. Send one representative to the cog to be a part of the affairs of the cog. And when you said there was like a Maricopa cog, 
Yes. That's multiple governments within the county. Is that right? Yeah. Well, there's 22 cities okay. in Maricopa okay. County. Okay. That's a lot. Four million people. That's a big one, right? Right, right. right. So every city is supposed to send one city council member to the COG board to be voting on issues that uh, pertain to the whole region. So if COG is giving out money or denying it, they're basically holding the veto power over anything a local government might do. And they're, exactly a private, right. or, they're a private organization. That's right. And probably the same thing applies at the state level um, and other levels, too, I would imagine. So yeah. that the country is being controlled by private organizations that have no constitutional restrictions. That's right. Because they're not governments. That's right. And as far as COGS are concerned, a lot of their policies come straight down from the United Nations and sustainable development. So the UN indirectly is controlling most country and local governments. In our, in our case, yes. Absolutely true. That's where these policies come from. So the now, attack having, on free speech. That, let, me, let me point out, this is, yeah. this is something for local, for local activism. Any given city can withdraw from the cogs in their area that's, that has, that's asserting authority over them. In other Anybody words, give up all that. the free money. They're, they'll give them a hassle for sure. But, and here's, <laughs> here's the rub on this. The way it used to be before the cogs got in the middle of this, the federal government sent, allocate, sent tax money, allocation money for transportation directly to the cities. This is right. always the way it was. Right. And counties too, right? And counties too. And that's why we have roads that are pretty consistent between cities and counties. Yeah, yeah. Because they used to get that money. And there was an application process you go through. I remember that from the old days. There okay. was an application process that was very simple. It was right. based on population. It was based on budget and some other stuff. But you'd get your check, ka-ching. It has to do with things like gas tax and highway taxes and, you know, whatever. And what Congress gives them for funding. And it's supposed to be used uh, expeditiously to build up infrastructure within a, a given a town or county. And that's a, that was, that's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful concept to think we don't have to have potholes all the time on our roads. Yeah, yeah. But um, these people got in the middle of it. Now they're way beyond just worried about potholes and roads. They've, been, they've brought in uh, the IBC, International Business um, the, um, the Building Code, excuse me. Uh, they brought in... Uh, all kinds of property zoning issues and stuff that never existed before, but it's coming down from the United Nations and, you know, sustainable development type stuff. Do you know um, basically how the COG got itself into that position from nothing? Well, they, <clears throat> the little history on it, um, the Metropolitan Planning Organization's network was started by Dwight Eisenhower in the 50s. Hmm. With good reason, I think, uh, at that point, perhaps, maybe not, but people could argue that. But I think it's probably palatable that there was a need for coordination between cities, counties, and states as far as highway maintenance is concerned. Railroad maintenance is another one. And they wanted to have some consistency. So they created what was called Metropolitan uh, planning organizations, MPOs, and it largely voluntary, but it was for the sake of planning consistency across all of these different, you know, regions. Right. And the MPO structure that was set up was hijacked 
by this sustainable development crowd. And they morphed and transformed the MPO network into what we have today as COGS. And you said this, who who are these, I mean, organization-wise, and and I wish we had like about six more hours to talk, but (laughs) I think this is important. This is not just a diversion. This is like getting at what's under the issues here. And organization-wise, if you're going to define it like that, who were these sustainable development people? People at the United Nations. Okay. Okay. Yeah. This is strictly from the strictly from the UN, and um, I'll tell you, it's funny that you know you have all these these cogs organizations in in every state except I think maybe one, and um, the National Association of Cogs. There is one. Wow! Right? Yeah. It's found at a website called NARC. That's perfect. <laughs> I just, you can't make us up. Right. It has nothing to do with drugs. It stands for the National Association of Regional Councils. So in and case the regional councils Mark, don't know how to do the crime themselves and they have I, I, gaps in their knowledge, NARC, NARC will make sure they're all up to speed. NARC, NARC keeps everybody in line at NARC.org. Anybody can go there and find out and the, on the master map they have what COG is in their area and, and you know what it's all about. And uh, so it's not hidden. It's just there. But they say, oh, nothing to see here. Move along. Move along. Right. But my point is, how are the COGS, the issue of this illegal network of organizations among many networks like that, how is their presence connected to your desire to get free speech legalized again oh well this is just one issue this is not we don't preach issues okay i get hot over narc and then cogs because i studied it for some years and and actually we fought it in california tooth and nail up in the bay area in particular and uh i happen to know a lot about cogs as an issue citizens for free speech does not take up an issue and say, this is our issue and this is what we're going to fight. Okay. There are people out there that are fighting various elements of these cogs and, you know, whether it be the uh, international business, uh, excuse me, international building codes or property zoning issues or, or smart city technology, which is a big thing right now with these cogs, by the way. Um, all of those issues are important and they need to be addressed and there's nobody doing it. So what we do at Citizens for Free Speech, we say, look, you want to go after this one, that one, whatever. We can help you do that. We can help you be an effective communicator. We can teach you how to research. We can teach you how to publish. We can teach you how to network. Um, we can teach you how to build a team. Right. See, these other people on the other side of the fence, Richard, they've had universities they can go to for this kind of training. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And, they, and yeah. they have, they have, they have fly-ins, they have, you know, conferences, they have, you know, uh, online like zoom meetings and stuff all the time for training, training, training. Well, you're talking about the rules for radicals type training. That's, that's right. And our mm-hmm. side basically is just, I, I hate to express it this way. Bas- basically, we've been a bunch of stumble bombs. Yeah. Well, the only reason I bring up the issues issue is that 
people like you have an incredible overview of how the really critical issues fit together and which ones need to be taken out in what order and things like that. Most people just coming in don't really have that. So I'm wondering, would it be against the paradigm of your organization to have some kind of menu for people to learn about how the issues are operating in connection to each other so they can save some time in where they put their focus. So far, we've had a lot of good personal networking has happened, uh, but uh, so far we haven't had a need for lists, especially since COVID hit. And I'll tell you what the issues are that people are really hot over right now. That would be good, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people obviously are going to be hot over the face mask mandates right? um, and over the vaccine mandates now. Right. They're absolutely uh, there's an absolute groundswell right now of of angst against the education system, against local school boards in particular. Huge target for parents. Now, this is a good place for angry mama bears to get started. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. They won't stop there. I can almost guarantee you once they once they get in and have a little taste of success, they'll they'll look around and they'll see five other things that need to be tackled right after that one. But there's a lot of people upset with us right now. There's still a lot of people that are upset with smart city technology. And that total surveillance and control, basically total surveillance, the cameras, the listening posts, you know, the street lights coming in and, you know, stuff like this This is really disturbing to a lot of people. And it should be. Yeah. Um, License plate readers. Right. You know, um, so that that's been a hot issue. Uh, to a lesser degree, probably, you know, there's people fighting property rights issues, but they tend only to focus on their own property rights, not in a general sense. Right. right. Um, but those are kind of the major issues right now that, we're, that we see. So how does COVID issue, which is probably the number one, right, when you take all the ramifications of it in terms of destroying the economy with the shutdowns and all that, mm-hmm. how does the COVID issue at a, on a large scale tie into free speech? Well, because the COVID issue has been the attack on free speech. Yeah, that's true. Mandates to wear wear face muscles. That is one thing we're against, but not because just of the medical issue, but because it denies free speech. It's an attack on free speech. It's an attack on the First Amendment. All all five points have been clobbered because of this crazy pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, true. And also free speech about the effect of the vaccines is an issue, too, because well, censorship, you, censorship is a big that that's another topic, by the way, that's really big right now is censorship. I would think so. Yeah. And so where do you see censorship right now? Well, the the most obvious place to see censorship is in the medical world where legitimate right. scientists are standing up trying to talk. They just hate. I've been at this for 25 years. You know, guys, I'm a PhD. I'm this. I'm at a, you know, I work at a university. I'm a medical scientist. I have something to say. And, you know, the the censors say, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. You bomb. Get out of here. And they're trying to cover for some of their own mistakes. For example, they really blew it when they left VAERS up on the site. And, (laughs) you know, and there's been a study in, connected with a major university that about 1% or less of the actual injuries and deaths get reported to VAERS. And according to that formula, there's about 1.3 million people in America that have been killed by the vaccine so far. Yes. 
and there were only it wasn't that many to start nine eleven. Yeah. You know, that was only three thousand or supposedly something like that's that. That's right. That's and right. This, this is one point three million, yeah. and you're not allowed to look at it. That's right. It is. It is a horrendous problem, and of course, the country has never been so divided before ever. Right. Which is evidence that free speech is under attack. By the way, that's the. Mm-hmm. painfully obvious i think when you look at how divided we are well they can't work it out by communication yeah when communication stops people start fighting yeah yeah true and people are fighting everywhere well the other reason that it's so important to censor that that they censor the figures on the deaths and injuries and the injuries are something like over a million and you multiply that by a hundred that's a lot and the reason that they are censoring that so much is that the whole tyranny is justified by health right now, right? Yes. Nobody will really question it because it's, it's to protect health. Exactly. It's working exactly. so far. Most people are following that order. Yes. Yes. This is this whole, uh, this whole health concern issue with, with, you know, with the World Health Organization is just a part of the United Nations, by the way. They're, they're not independent at all. They're totally right, right. a U.N. agency, one of the most important ever now. Um, the WHO has spread false doctrine and false information all over the world as a result of COVID. Right. And it's almost encouraging to see, for instance, in in India, their equivalent to the Department of Justice Mm -hmm. has sued a couple of officials, uh, high-level officials at the World Health Organization for war crimes. That would be good. That is significant because, I mean, India has all kinds of other problems. They're basically a technocracy anyway. Yeah. Their Department of Justice has lodged this lawsuit. charging these people with war crimes because this is a little might, might surprise you that because they suppressed a known treatment for outpatient care of covid victims ivermectin right that and there was a couple others mentioned in the lawsuit okay that those things were intentionally suppressed causing yeah. the death causing the untimely death of hundreds of thousands of Indian citizens. Right. Knowingly. 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 That's the key here. Knowingly did it. It was not an accident. It wasn't a mistake. They did it on purpose. Yeah. And somebody reasoned out, this sure looks like a war crime to me. This looks like genocide. Yeah. You don't, you don't, you don't really need an official war to have a war crime. Right. And if you look at the world that way, well, how many people would not have died had they not uh, suppressed information on HCQ, hydro, right. hydrochloroquine, uh, on ivermectin, right. on even just the simple things like zinc and magnesium and vitamin right. C and D? Yeah. Um, if they had just left it alone and allowed doctors to practice medicine, right. the way they know how to practice medicine. We would have not had, I bet in America, we would not have had 50% of the deaths that we've had. Uh, I think it would be way below that. I think. Yeah, if there had been 1.3 million so far just from the shot. 
Yes. There probably would be, I don't think it would be a noticeable jump in deaths at all from normal yes. years. So, you know, there's, there's, lots of, there's lots of issues right now. Censorship is a huge issue. And I've said this, I just say this all the time. If we lose the ability to communicate, and censorship is what, that's what it's all about. Right. Denying us the ability to communicate. If we lose that, we're done. We have no other way to communicate with each other except through free speech and the exercise of free speech. Yeah. There's also two, two sides to free speech, by the way. It's worth mentioning here. One is your right to say something. If you have something on your mind, you have a right to say it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you say something outrageous and just obnoxious and, you know, maybe even bordering on a criminal – Nobody has to listen to you. That's right. (laughs) That guy's a nut. You know, I'm not, don't get me around him anymore. I don't want to hear him. And you turn the channel off, right? Yeah, it's a free market. That's right, free market. But there's two sides to free speech. One is your right to speak. And the other is my right to hear. Right, right. They're both extremely important. So if you're out there in the desert and speaking something, you know, and nobody is there to take recording or broadcast it, but you're just out there speaking mm-hmm. because somebody has taken you out of town 20 miles, dropped you off with a canteen of water and said, don't right. come back. You're right. out there speaking. I don't have the ability to hear you anymore. Yeah. So I have a right to choose what I want to hear. That's being denied as well. Just that's part yeah. of censorship. Yeah, exactly. I think, who was it? Uh, Tim Cook said that what the listeners to re- and the viewers really want is a curated array of uh, information. In yes. other words, take out the false information for them first. Yes. Right. Yes. The other thing I just wanted to mention, you talked a lot about technocracy. Just for people who aren't familiar with the idea, if I'm right, it's basically tyranny plus technology. Is is that true? Well, let's say tyranny by technology. <laughs> okay, yeah. But the, the motive for tyranny has existed long before technology. That's right. And uh, I'm not anti-technology by a long shot. I, I love gadgets. I love technology. Right. I love science in general. Yeah. But when science serves me, I'm okay with that. I, that's the way it should be. That's always the way it's been in the past. Right. When science or technology serves me to make my life better, I'm okay with that. I'd probably go out and buy it, you know, and say, I want that. But human when technology wants to, wants to attack me right. and take away my freedom or liberty in any given area and control yeah. me, I say, no, I don't want that. I do not want to be controlled. And I think anybody in the right mind in America would probably say the same thing if you ask it to them that way. Yeah. You know, well, do you like technology? You like your iPhone? You like your computer? Your, what you can do? Your apps? Right. All kind of stuff. Oh, I love it, man. That's great stuff. You love it because it serves you, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. It serves me. I've got entertainment, this, that, and the other. Right. But um, what if it controls you? What if it starts telling you what you can and cannot? What if you get a social credit system and it starts scoring you on your phone? What if contact management comes in and they start associating you with other people that you've inadvertently bumped into. And they now say you must quarantine for two weeks at your own expense and right. quit your job in the meantime. Are you ready to be controlled? Oh, no, no, I don't want to be, don't want to be controlled. But they never think that far through the issue. 
You know, they, they like the technology, but they don't get it. When it starts to put the bite on them, it's too late to do anything about it. Well, it's like any tool. It depends whose hands it's in, right? Yes. Or who's programming the computer or whatever. That's right. Um, you can use a hammer to build, to drive nails and build a house, which is a wonderful thing. Or you can use a right. hammer to kill somebody. Exactly. And it's true of virtually any tool. Yes. Right. Absolutely. So I, I wanted to ask you another really important point. Are, are you okay for 15 minutes right now? Sure. Are you? Yeah, no, I'm okay. Okay. All right. So the point for the next couple minutes is um, people focus on the Constitution because, it, you know, in the Bill of Rights, it's number one and that sort of thing. But government has figured out or the, the real power structure has figured out how to use non-governmental ag- agencies or middlemen to enforce things that are not constrained by the Constitution. Mm-hmm. So right now, for example, they're using so-called health authorities. And they're not necessarily speaking on behalf of the government. They could be from an agency that doesn't even have a basis to exist legally. And they've taken over the authority from the government just by the fact of declaring an emergency. And some of these organizations like WHO have, it's been agreed by their members, voluntary members like the U.S., that they can declare a pandemic. And if they declare a pandemic, they take the role of government over and there's no constitution to do anything so it seems like if you agree i want to get your feedback on that what is the implication in required strategy when falling back on the constitution is no longer available because the authorities are private right right we know the constitution in washington dc has no influence virtually whatsoever at this point. Yeah. Washington has gone lawless, in my opinion. There is no, there's, it's just, it's the wild, wild west. Maybe the law of some network of mafias, but it's not the law we're used to. They're they're lawless. They're not lawbreakers anymore. They're just flat lawless. They don't, they spit at the constitution. Right. Um, However, for all the people who respect the structure of the constitution, it's not our government that's broken. It's just the people that are there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, they're not abiding, abiding by it, and they're trying to destroy it. But the constitutional form of government, the republic form of government, works. And it works on a national level. It also works on a state and a local level as well. For any citizen who has who lives in a town, pretty much everybody lives in a town except the way, way, rural people, way out of country. They live in a town. The town has city council that is a shepherd over that town. Right. They and have they, the power. They, they, they have the, the binding legal power right. to drive any of this nonsense out of their city. They private do. private or otherwise. Money. It doesn't let me, matter. Let me give you an example. Okay. Uh, just a simple, quick example. Sure. Uh, Walmart and Costco, too. I'll just use Walmart. Walmart went around to virtually every town in America and tried to get the city council to allow them to come in and build a store. Mm-hmm. Some cities said, oh, yeah, I lived in Coeur d'Alene for a while. There was a big fight in Coeur d'Alene over Walmart coming in. Right. The local merchants said, they're going to kill us. They're going to put us out of business. That's true. And the, the business people say, oh, it's going to be great for business. You'll see we're going to collect property taxes off of them. They're going to make a lot of jobs. Of course, they're all minimum wage. But <laughs> they're going to, it's going to be wonderful, you see. So what happened? Yeah, they were there a couple of years. Sure enough, 
private businesses, half of them were gone. Right. And Walmart was just cruising along, make, you know, all the people that used to work in those private businesses are now breeders at Walmart. <laughs> yeah, right. And turned upside down. But let me tell you, the city council in Coeur d'Alene was absolutely foolish to do this. What, what bought them off, I have no idea, and I don't care. Right. But let me tell you, there are other cities in America who told Walmart and the rest of the big box stores, take a hike. Yeah. And you know what they did? They took a hike. They walked on down the road. That's a great example. Yeah. And the city council, you know, they just put up a stop sign and said, you're not going to do that here. Right. City councils can do virtually anything. They could stop, for instance, all of the smart city technology. Cold. 5G and all that stuff. 5G and everything. You don't, you don't like the cameras. You don't like the license plate readers. You don't like the 5G antennas going up on your neighbor's mm-hmm. house. That you have nothing to, you know, you don't like, um, you don't like the sensors in the streets and stuff they're putting in with license plate readers there or whatever. You don't like the, the pre-crime software that your police department is using and harassing mm-hmm. certain residents to death. Well, Go to the city council and get them on your side. Lobby them just like you, you know, lobby anywhere else, I guess, in Washington or the state. Talk to these people. Talk some sense in their head. If they won't talk sense, get rid of them. Get people that will. Right. And get them to protect the citizens of that town. That's their sworn responsibility. That's all they need right. to do. Is so they have to be willing to refuse the money, basically, right? Yes. If you have to refuse money from feds or whatever, refuse it, call their bluff, and turn around and sue them. You'll probably win. Yeah. That's the thing with these COGS organizations that we talked about earlier. If a city says, okay, what you're doing is unconstitutional, it's probably illegal, yeah. and I'm not going to play ball with that anymore. And they say, we're pulling out. We're taking our guy home. We're going to cancel our membership, and we're not going to pay you dues anymore. Right. Forget it. And if they say, if the cog says, well, then you just ain't going to get your money, buster. Okay, yeah. fine. The city should hire an attorney and immediately sue the Department of Transportation for not following its own regulations to give them the money that is due them stat by statute. Right. Yeah. Due them directly. They're, gi- they're giving it to the wrong people. Yes. And I'll just, uh, I'm not a lawyer. I can't predict. No. But there is a, I believe there's an ironclad case there of somebody who just pursue it. Yeah, I totally agree. It's and- on a city by city basis. And again, if you don't have a seat at the table in your city, you are what's for dinner. They will eventually come for you, and they will take you away. Ha, 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 ha. Right. <laughs> that's right, and they're the only ones laughing at that point. Yes, that's yeah. right. That's exactly right. So this is a big call for attorneys who have a conscience and realize that what they do it really matters. You don't just work for whoever pays you. You're responsible for getting criminals off the hook. Yeah. If that's if that's a job yeah. you take. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we we have another thing to do. That's going to take us about ten minutes. So we got to stop. But um, Citizens for Free Speech spelled out dot org, and I think you've got an event coming up on the twenty third of this month, right? Yes, we do. What is that? We're going to hit it hard. We're, we're going to talk about censorship and what we can do about censorship. 
Okay, and we're so calling it a national town hall because this needs to be a national discussion, trickle down to the local level. <laughs> right. Uh, okay, so how does everybody get into that? Uh, all, they just, all they need to do is just go to the homepage and click the RSVP button at the bottom, put in their information, and okay. they'll be getting the invitation and they'll be part of the town hall. Okay. It's going to be virtual. Let me say it's going to be a virtual town hall. However, our volunteers, as I mentioned before, we've got a lot of volunteers around the country. Mm-hmm. We're challenging them to invite people into their home to view together on the big screen. Hopefully, you know, TV on the wall or something like sure, that. Good idea. And uh, so they can have their own local discussion. You know, in other words, it's, it's a pretext for them to have a meetup in their home to watch right. this presentation. Right. And so we're hoping, I, you know, I don't know how it's going to turn out. I am hoping we get thousands and thousands of people to attend this right. virtual event on the 23rd. All over the country. All over the country. Now, you know, this Internet thing, it goes beyond the national borders. Yes. So how does citizens for, and I'm talking too long, I know, to argue <laughs> on, but uh, it's, I think it's really, we don't get to talk that often. And it seems really important for people who are listening to us that are not in the U.S. What relevance does it have for them? Everybody in the world is struggling with free speech right now. We have a lot of members who are not in America. Okay, good. So they can join from anywhere. They they can join. I'm not saying no. They can't, you know, they can't be here in America to participate in our stuff, but we hope that they will maybe pick up some good ideas, maybe donate to us to help support us here. So, you know, people around the world, Richard, know if we in America lose free speech, they're screwed to the wall. That's why the the Hong Kong people, before they got swamped lately, were carrying signs for America and, you know, cheering for it. Exactly. That the world knows we're the last line of defense. That's right. I think we're the only one that hasn't been disarmed yet. There's some question about Switzerland, but it's not on the scale of the U.S. Yes. You're right. Right. You're absolutely right. Really critical. So what you've been describing is locally, definitely a focus on local, that each community takes back its community. Yes. To run it for the benefit of the people that live there. Exactly. And not as some kind of organized scam. You said it perfectly. So That's so not too just much to a, ask in my mind. <laughs> that you said it can happen fast? It can. I mean, you know, I, I think this is very legitimate. Why shouldn't people control their own local community? What are you, yeah. bunch of sissies or wussies? It's almost like, that? Of course almost you like can. common sense or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Make common sense legal again or something. Yeah, <laughs> that would be a good T-shirt. That would be incredible. Make, yeah. make common sense legal. And if there's attorneys out there that are listening that are thinking, yeah, well, we did get trained to argue vehemently for whoever's paying us, no matter what they're saying. Yes. Even if we know they're major criminals, the argument is, well, major criminals in a good system deserve a great lawyer. And there is some merit to that, because if there's a mistake calling them a criminal, it has to come out. But in general, if an attorney knows that they're perpetuating crime, which a lot of them do, Mm -hmm. they could decide to change what they're doing and become part of your group. You know, that that should be self-evident. A lot of things should, right? (laughs) Yes. 
But you know what I say to what what I say to attorneys who, by and large, them. I don't want to stereotype totally, but they're a bunch of tight-fisted tightwads. They don't want to, you know, if they can't charge 300 an hour for what they do, they just won't do it, period. It's the only thing that motivates them is a They've fee. also been trained to argue for things that they know are wrong. That's also that's also true. That, that kind of helps keep them just focused on the money. Right. But you know what? I look, at it, I look at it this way. You know, our freedom's at stake here. If we lose it, they're going to lose it. You're going to lose everything. I'm going to lose everything. Yeah. They're going to lose everything, too. They won't have a court to practice in for Pete's sake. They right. won't have money if all their money is, uh, you know, taken away by the Great Reset. Well, and, and that's happy. one thing that COVID is designed for. You know, it the, seems, the, it the seems pan- that way. That the this pandemic is so far is very successful. It's, it's been very successful. It's so on many, track. And, and one of the things it's on track for is to destroy the value of the money. That's happening. That's okay. happening right under our nose, too. Yeah. So I look, at, I look at attorneys and I say, look, I'm a professional, too. I've been a, a, a writer, a consultant, a lecturer, a researcher all my life in right. one form or another. When this issue hit, I had to give up some of the stuff I would like to have done that might have been more pleasing to me personally if I just stuck my head on the sand, especially. Right. I've spent thousands of hours developing and working with people on citizens for free speech. That's how important I think it is. Yeah. What would it kill any attorney to say, look, I need to pay back into the system that makes me possible? And keep it alive. Where are the attorneys who should be filing lawsuits en masse across the country against censorship, against all these illegal schemes and stuff that are just just hosing people mercilessly? Injustice is being done right under the noses. Now, oh, it's not my problem. Uh, Nobody's paying me. Nobody's engaged me for that. I can't enter in. I'll tell you what, the legal, some of the legal community in our country needs to stand up and be counted right exactly. now. Yeah, with the understanding that if they get to their end of, the li- end of their life and look back at what they did, they'd li- hopefully understand that they'd like to feel like they did something worthwhile. Yes. Because the money will be spent and over and, you know. That's right. Left. That's right. So everybody should join Citizens for Free Speech. And whatever skill they can bring to it. I mean, you're going to learn how to take back the local community, but all the skills are needed, and attorneys are one of them. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Okay. All right. Well, we'll do more, hopefully, in the near future. So hold on. We'll say goodbye in the break. Yes. Okay, you guys, there goes Patrick Wood, who's doing some great work, and I hope everybody goes to his event uh, 923. What day of the week is that? That is, looks like a Thursday, if I'm correct, uh, 5 to 8 p.m. Pacific. And then you can just adjust for your time zone. So in America, uh, where he's centered, it's going to be evening and other parts of the world. If you sign up for it, uh, I would, I should have asked him if there's a recording available, but there probably is. If you sign up for it, you'd be able to, uh, hear it after the fact if it's bad for your time zone. But a couple of things that I thought were really important that he said um, in response to my question, so many p- 
people are saying, well, private businesses, you know, they're not controlled by the Constitution and they can prohibit free speech. They can make you wear a mask. They can make you take what uh, Dr. Solenko calls a poison death shot, right? They can do what it, they can require you to beat yourself up and fall on the ground before you come in. They can do anything because, I mean, after all, they're like a private business, so you can't complain. And Patrick rightly said, um, no, actually, they can't do that unless they don't exist in a city or a county or a state or a country. Then they can do that. But most businesses exist in those places. And so if you you know, according to the teaching of uh, the activism uh, workshops and classes that Citizens for Free Speech has, you can convince your city council, county board of supervisors, or state government or whoever you're dealing with to amend their rules and regulations and statutes and laws to prohibit, um, for example, food stores from not letting you buy food. And you know, people bring up the idea that this is all for health and that the emer- health emergency overrides uh, constitutional and natural rights. And what Patrick pointed out is that is actually not true at all, that uh, those rights exist and they come straight from God. And that's what was great about the founding of America is that that was acknowledged. And uh, you can't have an emergency that overrides natural rights. That's why they're called inalienable or unalienable because they can't be taken away no matter what. And and it's such a key point to understand. If that one concept were grasped in America where they have the acknowledgement of the natural rights that there's no way that you can get rid of your rights, that government can get rid of your rights by declaring an emergency because if that were possible you could have tyrants take over a country a formerly more free country like america say and they could make up something like well because of health we have we we have this emergency going on and we'll give you rights back as soon as possible and it would be completely ridiculous they could turn a country into a tyranny overnight except that is what happened And it happened because the people don't realize you can declare any emergency you want. We have the same rights, the right of free speech, the right of self-defense, firearms rights, all these rights. They cannot be taken away by declaring any kind of emergency. So in a free country, uh, even if there was a real pandemic, nothing like what is going on now, but a real one, the government and the health leaders, if they were real, could say, you know, there's this pandemic thing going on and it's real and you should hide in your bathroom and this is why and give speeches about it. They could recommend that. They couldn't falsely imprison you in your house because that violates your inalienable natural rights. They couldn't do it. So all this money that all the countries, including the U.S., are spending on concentration camps and that some countries like Canada and Australia are farther along that would be a waste of money because they can't violate your natural rights and imprison you. So it'd be really good if people could spread this understanding. There's a reason why uh, these things are not taught in school anymore, because if people were reminded of their natural rights, which is what 
the U.S. Constitution and any good Constitution is based on, then tyranny would have a much harder time. And what they planned for all of us right now with the COVID concentration camps and the forced, uh, what Zelenko calls the poison death shots, they couldn't do it because the poison death shots, any kind of death shot, even a empty syringe, if somebody stabs you with one of those and it has nothing in it but air, that's still uh, assault and battery. And that's not legal. The person would go to jail. It's a felony. So um, that understanding is critical. And the work that Patrick is doing with Citizens for Free Speech is essential. So go to his site, citizensforfreespeech.org, and sign up for the event on the 23rd. Um, supposed to be some great speakers there. Patrick will be there speaking as well and some other really good people. I'm going to do it too, so I'll see you guys over there and um, support what he's doing. It's really essential. And then learn how that you can implement it where you live so it remains or becomes again a free place that is in harmony with the principles of natural rights no matter what country you live in. Really important. Um, And if you want to keep us on the air, help us out with donations. That's really essential too. We're not doing commercials at the moment anyway. And uh, there are donate buttons at lostartsradio.com and at subscribestar.com slash lostartsradio, as well as on lostartsradio.com. There's a a list of places where you can, and links where you can still see where we're on the air, where we're not being censored, uh, audio platforms, video platforms, uh, places like Blog Talk Radio where you can call up and listen on your telephone, uh, to the live shows, a lot of options there. So that's about it. We got to get ready for another show here, but I appreciate your being with us. Please support everything Patrick's doing. He's a great person, uh, not just for America, but as an example to the whole world. And this, and this, you know, these subjects are much deeper than we have time to really get into right now, but there's a reason that the media demonizes nationalism and it's because they know or their bosses know that if every country became nationalistic in the real positive sense of the word it would be to make their own country a great place for people to live and have their individual rights protected and those rights exist in every country in the world right now it's just in most of them including america the rulers don't acknowledge them but the people should know it and then they can be taken back and that can start now. So take advantage of the learning materials on Patrick's site, his workshops, his classes, um, and the event that's coming up on the 23rd. And I'll meet you there. So take care and have a good night. And I'll talk to you next week. Introducing Lost Arts Radio on Subscribestar.com. Just go to Subscribestar.com slash Lost Arts Radio to find our rewards program, Offering 10 different giving levels starting at just 5 bucks a month. We offer incredible value for any rewards level. From extra monthly interview videos not available publicly to subscription-based Planetary Healing Club videos once, twice, or three times a month to private counseling sessions with Lost Arts Radio host Richard Sachs to tech help with me, Doug Diamond. We even have one option where you can be the star on Lost Arts Radio as our guest on a specially produced show just for you. We conduct an interview with you and broadcast it to our growing network and listenership. 
Our Subscribestar levels are one of a kind and offer great rewards for any budget. Please help support Lost Arts Radio. We can't do it without you. With increasing censorship on many of our channels, we really need your support today to keep doing what we're doing. As Richard says, we're not even at survival level yet. Lost Arts Radio has three weekly shows. Lost Arts Radio Live each Saturday night at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, which is a live stream currently on multiple platforms in case we get banned from some of the larger ones. Right now, we're on Facebook Live, Twitch, and DLive. You can access these broadcasts by going to www.lostartsradio.com live for all the links to those channels. The Planetary Healing Club meets right after Lost Arts Radio Live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Saturday nights. And our Sunday show with guests airs at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Sunday nights on our Blog Talk Radio channel, our YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and on Brideon. Be sure to sign up for our free email list just in case we do get banned on big tech's platforms. It's just a matter of time, really. They don't like the stuff we talk about, and they do not want the truth out there. In fact, they have already attacked us numerous times. Join our free email list so we can let you know where we are and how to access our shows. The sign-up button is right on the top right on most pages of our website. The best starting point for all things Lost Arts Radio is our main site, lostartsradio.com, where you can find the hottest news selection videos that we curate just for you. Those are on the homepage and added to daily, as well as articles and breaking news about information you really need to know. Our show archives, the 10 most recent shows, are right on our homepage, as well as our Blog Talk Radio page at blogtalkradio.com slash lostartsradio, or just click the All Things Radio Show tab right on our website. We're in the podcast directory on iTunes, and all of our shows, except the banned ones, are on our YouTube channel, at Lost Arts Radio. Our Brideon page is really taking off, and we often have editors' picks videos right on their homepage. Visit Brideon.com slash channel slash Lost Arts Radio. On our site, you can also access our free listener forum, as well as sign up for the Planetary Healing Club, which is just $25 a month where you get private access to a one-on-one interaction with host Richard Sachs and myself and the other club members who participate live. More info can be found at planetaryhealingclub.com. We're providing solutions in there to make the world a better place. Come join us. Stay tuned because up next, you'll get to hear a really great song by an independent artist that we're doing our best to support. Go to lostartsradio.com slash music for the full list of all the great songs and bands that we spin on our audio-only podcast shows. If you're in a band and want to submit a song for consideration for airplay on Lost Arts Radio, visit my website at diamonddiscaudio.com for more information about the music placement, mastering, and mixing work that I do. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Lost Arts Radio. We love having you as part of our family to learn, experience, and grow with.
vida. 